Welcome to the Runner's World Show, where each week we entertain, inspire, and inform you about all things running. I'm Christine Fennessy, one of the producers of the show, and I'll be your host this week. Coming up, I get a lesson on grilling the perfect burger. And just so you know, the perfect burger comes with bacon. But first, beer. Or rather, editor Kit Fox's interview with elite runner, hipster fashion icon, and overall supremely chill dude, Noah Drotti. They talk about Noah's breakthrough race earlier this year, the mantra that keeps him going, and his go-to post-race recovery tip. The beer is the beer is good. It's recovery for the mind more than anything. Your body will heal itself. I mean, beer or stretching, more important. Uh, beer, beer is more important than stretching. I would say. My, I haven't honestly, I haven't stretched in two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, no, the beer is good for the mind. So there you go. Burgers and brews. The perfect episode to kick back on the deck with or from a hammock. Thanks for joining us. Last summer at the 2016 U.S. Olympic track trials in Eugene, Oregon, a mustachioed, long-haired runner in giant brown sunglasses stole the Internet's heart during the men's 10,000 meters. His name was Noah Drotti, and he came in last place. Editor Kit Fox caught up with Noah the day after that race over a couple of Paps Blue Ribbons. In that interview, Noah talked about how he'd been a decent but not stellar Division III athlete in Indiana before deciding to move to Boulder and pursue the dream of becoming a pro. In Boulder, Noah joined the Roots Running Project, a low-budget team with a DIY vibe led by Coach Richie Hansen. Theirs might be considered a more balanced or perhaps more recognizable elite lifestyle. They train hard, but they take plenty of time to recover with good music and craft beer. The approach has worked so far for Noah. 2017 has been a breakout year for him. In March, he placed seventh overall at the New York City half, running a PR of over two minutes to clock in at 101.48. The day after that event, Kid again met up with Noah in Manhattan this time, where they headed into the Ginger Man, a bar in Midtown. They talked IPAs, the key to Noah's remarkable improvement in the sport, and the responsibilities of a mustachioed man. Just a quick note, the Jared mentioned in the piece is Olympic marathoner and fellow pro with a stash, Jared Ward. Got no, Drotty, what's up? Hey man, you kind of look like a robot. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> in what <laughs> way? In big microphone and just bag of gadgets. Well, it's New York City, so I always say there's always at least one person that looks weirder than you. Yeah, well, I'm walking next to you with all my stuff rolled up into a sweatshirt, so I guess we're... You literally don't have a bag. You've got things shoved in a sweatshirt. Yeah, it's, I just need, like, a long stick to tie it to, you know, like yeah. the... Yeah, like and the then old, it's, the, uh, it's the, the lonely traveler, right? Yeah, the old hobos. Yeah. Um, so this is it on the left here. We okay, where are we going? It's called the Ginger Man. Uh, we came here last night. It was pretty chill. Isn't that why you became a professional runner? It is. Yeah, I've gotten like two and a half free beers out of it at this point. So. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. We'll up that to like three. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? All right. What are we thinking here? I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like Porter Stout. Um, just because it's cold outside, and that's kind of my. It sticks to your bones a little bit better. Um, I'll do the Catskill Porter, please. All right. I just want a good IPA. Like medium. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so 
just take me through yesterday. Um, so yesterday was the New York City Half Marathon. Um, I finished seventh overall in 61.58, which was a pretty big. It was 48. Yeah. Yeah, 61.48. Yeah, so pretty big breakthrough for me there. Um, big PR. Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, it's kind of surreal. I mean, honestly, it's, it feels really good, <laughs> I guess. Um, it's something like I knew I was ready for fitness-wise. Um, so I ran 63-22 in Houston in January, um, but it was a pretty warm day, and so we thought that was good for about a minute, you know, in perfect conditions, and then I'm, I'm in better shape now than I was then. So we were like, you know, around 62 flat would probably be a good goal if everything went well. You never know if you're going to have a good day or not, but, you know, if I had a good day, we thought 62 flat would be would be good and um you know then i i went a little bit under that so like you came through the finish which i just thought that was such a really cool moment and who uh who did you see right there when you when you ran through and like what was the finish line like yeah um so i i kind of it's the last 400 there's two turns and you have a 400 to go a 200 to go and there there's a clock um so i could see where i was in space and time turn the corner i saw like I saw unless I like tripped and fell, I was gonna run under 62, um, and that kind of blew my mind a little bit. So I was fist pumping all the way in. You know, I crossed the line. Um, you know, Chris Derrick was standing there. A couple other guys were standing there, and I was kind of hooting and hollering <laughs> a little bit. And but then I looked over, and um, my coach uh, Richie Hansen was like right there. Um, and as big of a moment as it was for me, it was like a big moment for him. It was a big moment for us. You know, like we've been a duo ever since I moved to Boulder um you know some big moments people see but they don't see like every day me and him and the rest of the group uh Rich running project out there um so any success of mine is the success of Richie's and we're we're both like testing this territory for the first time you know so it's a very cooperative relationship and so it was just you know that moment of recognition where it's like we did what we thought we could do on on the right day you know, you're a bit of a crier, too. Yeah. You got a little emotional. I cried once again. Noah Drotty broke down in tears at the, <laughs> at the end of a race. Um, there, there's, like, that initial moment of adrenaline. You know, I'm thumping my chest a little bit and just kind of just kind of yelling. And then, uh, and then, like, kind of the enormity of it hits you. You know, I've been, like, specifically for this race, I've been training for six weeks. But really, I've been training for years and years, <laughs> you know. And you... Uh, and it's that moment where you you achieve a potential that you thought maybe, you know, in your heart of hearts you were capable of, but it doesn't mean anything until you actually do it. And so to have that moment of, like, realization of this is, like, I just did that. Like, I wrote on my, I wrote, I, I'm a big mantra guy. Like, I love, I love mantras and, like, so, um, so for this one, I was just like reminding myself, like they are with you, like everyone, every, like my teammates back home are watching, you know, my, my parents. So like the whole race, I was just telling myself, cause I was actually running alone. So you kind of have to keep yourself yeah, engaged. Yeah. And so I was just like reminding myself, they are with you, they are with you. I actually had it written on my arm. Was that, um, like, was that like Sharpie or something? It was just a pen. I, <laughs> I just wrote it on my arm in the morning. Just, just so when I looked at my watch, I'd be able to. I'd you know see that reminder was that like an off the cuff 
yeah. sort of you were just like I'm gonna do this right. Did you have that plan to write it down? No, that was off the cuff. That's not I never write on my that's not that's not something that I do like <laughs> like writing on myself. But I was just like, man, I'm in New York. This is a really big opportunity. I'm racing against like the best field I've ever raced against. Like, you know, the moment wasn't lost on me. So it's like. Yeah, oh, you know, I'll scribble a little something on my on my arm just to keep my mind in it, in case I need a little help, you know. So I, I mean, I do want to ask, like, one of the reasons why I think everybody loves your story is, you know, coming from being a D three, good runner, but you know, in that sub elite range to where you, where you are now, that rarely happens. Yeah. Um, what I mean, what do you credit that to? Um, both training-wise, but, like, yourself-wise. Like, how did you break out of that mold? Yeah, I mean, well, I changed my I changed my situation entirely, you know, coming from Indiana. I graduated college in 2013. Um, you know, I stayed in Indiana. I was training mostly on my own, you know, just not taking it super seriously, working a lot. Um, but, yeah, when I moved out to Boulder, everything changed. I got a new coach who's super knowledgeable, really dedicated, we built a training group from the ground up. Um, we've got we've got about ten athletes now, and when I talked to you last, we we only had a few. And when I first moved out there, we only had three. Um, so we went from like three to five, and now to ten athletes. And so, uh, you know, I've got training partners. Uh oh. Got we've got some broken glass over there. He's okay. He'll manage. Watch out. Yeah. You know, New York gets like I said, New York is pretty crazy. Yeah. Monday at two PM. <laughs> exactly. It's a really wild out you can't the folks at home can't see, but we are in a wild bar right now. Couple bar fights yeah. are about to break out. Yeah. That's actually a fantasy of mine is like getting involved in a bar fight. So if that happens at some point, are you willing to put down the microphone and, and I think in? I'll back you up. Okay, cool. We could probably bash ahead with that. That's a that's a pretty big microphone. It's padded though, is the problem. Mm. Yeah. Well, find a pool cue or something to really, <laughs> really knock. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got sidetracked, but yeah, just like living the runner lifestyle and training, training in a structured program, training really hard. Um, and also like starting to stack months and months and months of like the best training I've ever done on top of each other. I've also been healthy for about two straight years now. And, uh, before that, I couldn't buy six months of healthy training. You know, I'd I'd train for three good months, and then I'd then I'd have a two month setback. You know, and so we're seeing consistency consistency that I've never had before. I mean, I always knew I had some talent, but I was just not doing the work for the talent to show up. And then I made a conscious decision to put myself in the right scenario, and then to do that work. And uh, the times have, have happened. You know, um, it's it's been. It's been weird. <laughs> uh, when you made that decision to move to Boulder, what did you think was possible at that time? Um, I don't know. I <laughs> just like improvement, I guess. Just this change in lifestyle, something new. It wasn't just about running. It was it was kind of a holistic change, I thought, and using running as like a vehicle to experience like something new. Um, but when I first talked to Richie on the phone. You know, I told him, like, hey, I know I'm a 68-minute half marathoner. I know that I will never be an Olympic contender, but I think I can get better, and I'm willing to live the lifestyle. And, and, he, said, and he said, we don't know that you'll never be an Olympic contender, 
you know we don't know we don't know where your limits are we don't know where your potential is until you get into the training system you adapt and and we you know start running races and i was like okay this this guy's crazy but whatever you know um but he like looking in hindsight he was totally right it's like we don't know where that potential is um and so all you can do is like continue to chase it when you say you're willing to live the lifestyle can you just what is the lifestyle uh it's it's not sexy (laughs) yeah it's like um you know it's like it's getting rest it's it's like going to bed at a reasonable hour it's like eating really well you know like when i'm in heavy training like my life is like relative hermitude you know (laughs) like i'm I I kind of try to think of myself as like a monk, you know, it's like I I try to be in bed by 1030 like, you know, I'm working and so like I prioritize my rest but my normal day is waking up training, napping, eating working, reading, sleeping you know, like that's that's a normal day for me and I, you know, I sprinkle in a good amount of fun here and there but when I'm when I'm getting serious about training like that is my life um and i'm still hanging out with my friends but i may be the first guy getting up and going home i'm still drinking beer but i may be drinking less of it you know and just putting myself in a situation where my body can recover and i can handle the training load because we train really hard so how would you describe you know you've got the training philosophy what about like just like your life philosophy i mean to even just to up and move you said you needed the change to boulder And and I mean, this is not an easy lifestyle in any means. I mean, why pursue it? Why do what you're doing? I mean, it is and it isn't an easy lifestyle. Like, um, you know, like for me, I think a hard lifestyle would be waking up at eight, going to an office job, sitting there, typing away for eight hours and going, (laughs) you know, going on. Like, to me, that doesn't sound appealing. Like, this lifestyle is hard, but it's like what I want to be doing, you know. So it's like the good kind of hard. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a brutal existence sometimes, but the rewards are so high when you can, when you can come out and have a race like I did yesterday or like I did to qualify for the Olympic trials. Like those are moments where you, you achieve your potential in a way that you, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't find outside of an athletic context. You know, it's a way where I can like pour my soul into something entirely and see that, very objectively reflected in a performance and I don't I don't know of any other way that I could get that feeling outside of this lifestyle and um you know everyone's different so you know different people can find that different ways but for me like really finding like you know the depths of my soul like that comes out in in races um and that's where I like find out so much about myself that I never would have known if I if I didn't make this jump, you know, I was just like, Oh my God, I am here. I am here. I am here. (laughs) Do I belong here? Nope. (laughs) You know, but now I can show up and I'm way more calm on the start line. Like just knowing my spot. Do you still, uh, still chatter at the start of the line? Are you like, what's up? Faisa? Good race out there, man. Um, maybe more to the guys who like speak English. (laughs) Well, but, um, yeah, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to talk to these guys because these guys are my you know, I consider them friends outside of the context of competition. Like I warmed up with Jared, you know, like he's a great guy. Let me say two of probably my favorite mustaches in running together. 
Yeah, no, Jared's a mustache inspiration for sure. <laughs> who, who wears it better? Um, the the Olympian does. <laughs> yeah, so 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 Jared's got it going. Um, I hey. I think I have him in the hair department, but he may you have do, me yeah. in the mustache. Have you guys talked about like your grooming regimens? Have you compared notes? Honestly, no. There's kind of like an unspoken understanding among men with mustaches that we you really don't comment on the other's mustache. It's like you respect his you respect him as a man. He respects you. And you go on with your business. <laughs> like All right, you wanna you wanna finish these and get one more? I think I think we're fine. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I'm just a wreck of lactic acid right now. Yeah. <laughs> is the uh, is the beer helping or hurting? Helping, helping. It yeah, it's good for recovery, I think. And I think we're gonna we're gonna quote that as an official. Uh... I think we're gonna do another round. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I'll do the Catskill Porter again. Yeah. And you give me a medium range IPA. That yeah, whatever the IPA was. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We're not trying anything new. We're just sticking <laughs> sticking with what we know. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> they were good beers. Yeah, yeah. they were solid. And uh, the, uh, the the recovery tip. We're gonna take that from from an elite runner. Yeah, no, the beer is the beer is good. It's recovery for the mind more than anything. Yeah. Your body will heal itself. I mean, beer or stretching, more important. Uh, beer. Beer is more important than stretching, I would say. And my, I haven't, honestly, I haven't stretched in two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, no, the beer is good for the mind. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So roots. Yeah. As a group, it it seems unique to me. What you guys are all about, what you guys are doing, is it? And, and what, like, like what is your guys' mission statement? God, Richie and I may have different answers to this, but I think at least one of our core principles is taking a chance on athletes who may not have had that chance otherwise in terms of American distance running development. Um, I think taking me on kind of set that precedent to some extent, and we have, we have another six, seven athletes in the group right now who have not proven themselves at, at a professional level yet, but they're in our group because we believe that they will. Um, and we believe that they have that ability. And they're people that most other groups wouldn't have taken a chance on the same way they wouldn't have taken a chance on me, and they wouldn't have taken a chance on my teammate, Aaliyah Gray, who was 10th at the marathon trials. Like, we're a gritty group of people who show up and work and believe in the good things coming, you know, and so, and like Ali and I have been able to like reach that next level. And my teammate Mara Olson is also, you know, on that, you know, if not on that level, very close to that level. And we've got six other people in the pipeline. And these are people who wouldn't, who would never get in, and me included, would never have gotten into a group like Bowerman or a group like the Oregon Project or, you know, you can keep naming names. Like we, we took a chance on these athletes because they're great people. They're good athletes with untapped potential, and that's what we're that's what we're all about. It's kind of like it's kind of like proving that the little guy can make it. You know, for us who just have our like like own simple goals of like finishing a marathon or just getting our PR in the middle back of the pack. My goal, my goal is to finish a marathon too. I haven't finished one yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So you? I mean, wait, wait, hold on. So, so. <laughs> But hold on, so, you, so you're saying, though, that I'm a... Actually, we're going to... I have a better marathon PR than you do. You are a better marathoner than Noah Drotty. 
Let's do. Yeah, I, and, yeah. And so are I would I would presume a lot of your listeners at this yeah. current moment in time because Noah Drotty has has dropped out of his only marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it feels pretty good. Yeah, it should. Like, do you want to hear? Let, let's cheers, cheers to that. Cheers. cheers to that. So, um, yeah. maybe. Can, well, can I, can I take a bathroom? Yes. Break? Can I call an audible? Yeah. Call an audible. Okay. I I'm actually gonna join you, okay, but cool. we, hopefully yeah. this won't get stolen. You're not gonna take the microphone. No, uh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit pause here. But can we do this in a relay style? I'll let you go first. Okay. All right. This is a Noah Drotty exclusive. I'm finally on my own with the microphone. The moment I've been I've been waiting for. Uh, Kit has made a bathroom break. Um, so I am he- sitting here alone. Just another another day alone at a bar. Just a status quo day in the life of Drotty. I'm going to look through my phone here to appear like I'm doing something and not a total loner. Um, My dad just called. Shout out David Drotty. I'll give you a call back in a minute, Dad. Love you very much. Kid will be back soon. He'll get this this show back back on the road, and you won't have to listen to this, this train wreck anymore. I'm going to try his beer. Let's, let's, see, let's see what he's working with here. Ugh. Not a big IPA fan anymore. I feel like I, I feel like I, I I went too hard on the IPA train a couple of years ago, and I, I just I just can't handle it. Okay, kid is back. So uh, so Drotty out. <laughs> Here's your microphone back. <laughs> well, I think you've got maybe a little bit more than one sip left, but um, we've covered a lot. Um, can you leave the listeners of Runner's World and me, mostly me, because it's been a pleasure. Uh, with with some words of wisdom, whether they're running related or not. Ooh, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, this can be tied in. Like in my case, it's tied to running, but just like, just like pursuing the life that like you truly want to live. I I think is something that that sounds like very simple and like very romantic, but like most people like don't don't do it all. You know, they they settle into habits that. And I and I've been like guilty of this too, like settle, settling into habits that like don't fulfill me or make me happy, but like are are easy, you know. And so for me, like pursuing that path of fulfillment was like dropping my life in the Midwest, moving to Boulder, and like pursuing distance running. Like I mean, I would encourage people to spend some time thinking about like what truly brings them happiness, and to like spend a little, a few more of the hours in a day like pursuing that. Um, whether it's running or not, you know, it doesn't have to be running. In my case, it happened to be running, but just to like, yeah, yeah, find some time to fill your soul up, I think is good. Um, is that inspiring? That's, all right, so we'll, we'll cheers to uh, to filling your soul. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> That was editor and frequent kit contributor, Kit Fox, speaking with elite runner Noah Drotty. Like many of you out there, I'm sure, I'm a terrible cook who loves to eat. My meal making is limited to about three things that if it weren't for my husband, I'd simply make giant vats of and rotate endlessly. But I love a good burger, and it would be really great to add grilling to my egg scrambling skills. So when I saw that Joanna Sayago Golub was writing a feature on burgers in this month's issue of the magazine, I knew my time had come. 
I called Joanna up and asked if she'd walk me through preparing a couple of the recipes she wrote up for the magazine, the ultimate beef burger and the sesame salmon burger, which I was a little dubious about, for reasons that will become clear. Before kids in a freelance career, Joanna was food and nutrition editor here at Runner's World. But beyond doing this for my own benefit, I did want to know what made burgers and all that came with them a maybe not so terrible after all choice for runners. So on a blazing hot day, I drove over to her house to find out. Christine, Hi. hey! Hi, Joanna! How are you? How are you? Good. It's great to see you. Great to see Come you, Come on too. in! Ready to grill? I am so ready to grill. <laughs> after entering the sanctuary of Joanna's air-conditioned kitchen, I asked her what type of burger was first up, and what, beyond its inherent deliciousness, made it a decently healthy runner meal. I think we're going to start with some beef burgers, which are a great source of protein for runners. And they are not only delicious and indulgent, but they do provide those post-run recovery nutrients that runners need. So you don't have to feel bad about eating one. Oh, well, that's encouraging because I think that a lot of us look at a burger as a big time indulgence and something we should probably stay away from. But that you're saying that it actually has some real benefits for runners. It absolutely has benefits for runners. Yes, you can go over the top, and we may here to have a little fun, but with the right ingredients, the right toppings, it can be loaded with everything runners need, not only for recovery, but just for uh, good nutrition in general. And what are some of those uh, good recovery nutrients? Protein, number one, for sure. Um, and a beef burger, simply a, a small three ounce patty will give you about 20 grams of protein. And what makes protein so important to recovery? The protein you get from the burger is going to help repair your muscles after a run. You get small uh, tissue damage after any sort of tough run, and so getting a little bit of protein into your body is going to help repair that damage. Since her beef burger recipe called for, you guessed it, bacon, Joanna got several strips frying on the stovetop. Then she started mixing one of her favorite patty toppings, sriracha, which is a spicy chili sauce, with mayo. We really were going over the top. Mayo? Mayo gets kind of a bad rap. I mean, if you make your own, it's really not that bad for you. Um, the store-bought stuff has some stabilizers in it and not the healthiest oils, but you're only ever using a relatively small amount and it adds such a nice creamy flavor. I say if you're eating a burger, go for it. <laughs> I like your attitude, Joanna. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? A lot squirt of that. And we've got about a quarter cup of mayo and about a half tablespoon of sriracha. And of course, you could adjust that to taste. After mixing the spicy mayo, we checked on the bacon. It was doing what bacon does, shrinking down into dark, oh, crispy strips of pure yum. Apologies to all the vegetarians out there. The whole kitchen smelled like breakfast. And are there any advantages to bacon in the runner diet? No real advantages, it just tastes really good. <laughs> totally agree. Joanna took the bacon off the stove and laid it on a plate with a paper towel to soak up the grease. Then she grabbed a giant chef's knife and started cutting thick, half-inch rings of sweet onion. Grilling the onion, I learned, would bring out the onion's sweetness and help caramelize it. After that, she unwrapped the beef and started dividing it into six ounce chunks. And that's a nice, meaty backyard burger. And what's the fat content of this one? 
So we have 80-20 Chuck, and that is considered the gold standard when it comes to burgers. It's got the right amount of fat to the right amount of lean. It's going to give you a juicy burger. It's going to have a really nice texture to it. If you start to go with a leaner blend, you know, 90% lean or 95% lean, you're losing out that fat, which means you're losing out the flavor, you're losing the moisture, and you're going to have a much denser, drier patty. If you go too fatty, if you go for like a mix that's 70% lean, you're going to have too much fat, and your burger is not going to hold together, and it's kind of just going to crumble on the grill because there's not enough tissue there to actually hold it together. And now, so I got the meat in my hands, I'm going to loosely start patting it together. And you can also work kind of from the scent, pushing on the center out. You want an indent in the middle of your patty because as it cooks, the burger actually starts to puff up from, this, from the center out. So if you um, don't put that little indent into the middle of the patty, you'll have kind of a rounded meatball <laughs> versus, versus a patty shape. You just solved a lifetime mystery. <laughs> After shaping the patties, it was time for the mix-in. At this point, you can add whatever you like, says Joanna, like garlic powder or onion powder or even cheese to the meat. But Joanna, she likes her burger simple. Don't be afraid to really throw some salt on there. It's going to bring out that flavor. So I'm flipping the burger over. Make sure you salt both sides. And I'm going to throw a grind of black pepper on there as well. Flip it over, get the other side. There are our beef patties. Okay, so now we're gonna make our salmon patties. And summer is prime season for making salmon patties. So if you're looking for an alternative to beef, salmon is a great way to go. Wild salmon is in season now. It usually starts uh, hitting supermarkets around June and goes through the summer. And we're talking about wild salmon from Alaska, which is a great source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are an excellent way to reduce inflammation for runners. And that wild salmon is also a, even though it's rich in those omega-3 fatty acids, it's a leaner choice than your typical farm-raised salmon. So it has less of the not-so-healthy fat and more of the fat that's really good for you. And it also has a kind of meatier, stronger flavor as well, which is great for a burger. So unlike the beef burger, with the salmon patty, I am going to mix in a few seasonings. So we've got scallions to chop up and cilantro, kind of giving this a little bit of an Asian flair. And we're also going to add some sesame oil and some soy sauce as well to kind of complement all those flavors. So let's see, we probably only need about three scallions or so. After the scallions, Joanna cuts up cilantro. Now, if you're one of the millions of people who think the stuff tastes like soap, go ahead and sub in parsley or basil or any fresh herb from your garden. Personally, I'm on the fence with it. I like a light parsley touch. But I will say that the parsley smell has now thoroughly overtaken the bacon smell. The kitchen just smells a whole lot healthier. So to make our salmon patties, 
the key is getting the right texture. So we're, we are going to both chop up some chunks of salmon into about one inch pieces, and then we're also going to puree some in the food processor. That's gonna create a texture where the pureed salmon kind of acts as almost like a binder, and the chunks of salmon give you some bigger texture and some pieces to really bite into. If it's no problem at all, if you don't have a food processor, you can just chop it by hand. Yeah. I thought we were just gonna throw that slab on the grill. No. <laughs> well, you could do that too, absolutely. And you could grill up a salmon filet, no problem, and then throw that on a burger bun, and that would be, call it a day. <laughs> that would be good too. Okay, so what we're gonna do is take our salmon, this beautiful sockeye salmon, gorgeous dark orange color. All right, now I, I'm gonna quick chop up our garlic here. We've got two garlic cloves that we're gonna throw into our mixture. And please, please, please use fresh garlic. Why? Don't use the jarred stuff. Fresh garlic is just so much more flavorful and it takes a minute to prepare. And the results are so much better than anything you could get from a jar. All right, so we are ready to process our salmon here. So we're gonna give this about uh, 10 seconds or so uh, until it's a pretty pasty consistency. And you just have the salmon in there now? Right, I just have the half of our salmon in there right now. And we're gonna puree, puree that up. And that looks nicely chopped up. So then we're going to add the rest of our salmon, which is still cut into one inch chunks, and just give that a few pulses, just to break it up and help incorporate it into the mixture. You want those chunks broken down a little bit, but still giving the mixture some, some heft and some texture. We'll give it one or two more. All right. So then we're gonna take our chopped up salmon and move that to a, a mixing bowl. All right, then we're going to add the rest of our seasoning. So we're gonna add some of that fresh garlic, our scallions, and some cilantro. Okay, we're gonna add a little bit of whole wheat panko breadcrumbs to act as a binder help hold that patty together. We've got some soy sauce to add flavor and a little bit of sesame oil. And what we're using is dark or toasted sesame oil, which has a lot more flavor than just your regular sesame oil that you might use for stir frying. Oh, it smells delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the good stuff. Sprinkle salt in there too. All right, now we're gonna use our hands to gently mix all that together. So the breadcrumbs will help absorb some of that, help it hold together. You can also, after you form these patties, you can chill them in the refrigerator for a half hour to an hour or so to help them hold together a little bit better as well, if they seem a little soft. 
So just like with our beef patties, we're gonna grab a handful of the salmon mixture and shape it into a nice round patty, making it nice and even. Ready to heat up our grill. And what's the temperature you're, you're aiming for? We're gonna cook these at about a medium high temperature. Um, the salmon is going to cook faster than our beef. And as far as the beef goes, it kind of just depends on how done you like it. Um, and what, what are you aiming for here today? I prefer more of a well-done burger, actually, but I hear you like a medium rare. So we're gonna have to watch them and see if we can pull them off in time. <laughs> we head outside to the grill on the deck. It is so hot, I'm convinced we could just drop the patties on the ground and they'd probably hit medium rare in no time. As the grill is heating up, Joanna starts greasing it. So we're gonna start by dipping a paper towel in that oil and just brushing that. She uses canola oil, she says, because of its high smoke point. Olive oil, on the other hand, forms a tremendous smoke cloud once it hits the heat. Not pleasant. Go ahead, throw those beef patties on. And we're gonna throw our onion rings on the grill as well. All right, we're gonna close the lid and let those cook for a little bit. We head back inside to wait out the next few minutes. Joanna says the salmon is going to cook faster and needs about five minutes per side. For her medium well taste, the burger needs about six to seven minutes per side. And for my medium rare preference, about four to five minutes per side. I'm pretty sure she read my mind with her next tip. So when you want to check for the done for doneness, don't poke and prod. <laughs> you put put your patty on the grill, let it be. Don't poke it, don't smash it with a spatula. Some people like to do that and they let out all the juices that way. Don't do it, just let it be. And what's going to happen is it's going to form a nice crust underneath and as it is done as it starts to cook that crust will actually release and it'll be easier to flip the burger then so if you try flipping it too soon the patty's actually still going to stick to the grill perhaps all this put a dent in it and don't poke it stuff is obvious to most but it's news to me there is hope for my next attempt at the grill we head back outside to check on our lunch all right so we just opened up our grill we've got some nice sizzling burgers. I see the meat is looking uh, darkened and browned on the bottom half and the juices are accumulating on the top and our salmon patties are not looking quite as done although they're starting to look a little pinker on, on the on the bottom and a little drier which means they are cooking and you can see I've pretty easily slipped the spatula under there without too much resistance. That over. When you're flipping the salmon burgers you do need to be gentle and delicate with them because they are, they do have a tendency to stick. So you want to make sure that you're not, that your patty's not falling apart when you're, uh, pr when you're lifting it up from the foil. Just before taking the burgers off, Joanna adds a slice of cheddar cheese to each patty. And then the moment has arrived. Our burgers are done. And it should be noted, they are nice and flat thanks to Joanna's indentation technique. We take them back inside. Joanna puts the salmon burgers on a sesame bun, then adds spring lettuce and hoisin sauce to give it a tangy, sweet flavor. For the beef burgers, she spreads the spicy mayo on a Kaiser bun, 
then layers the bacon, grilled onion, lettuce, tomato, and dill pickle on top of the beef. It is enormous. She lets me tackle mine first. There you go. <laughs> now that's a burger. <laughs> that is a mountain. All right, this is um, this burger. It's almost as big as my face is. <laughs> so like, uh, it's gonna be hard. But so it's probably what would you say, Joanna? Like four inches thick, but with a bun. Yeah, maybe going on five. <laughs> with the bun, yes. Got to squ- squish it down a little bit. Okay, okay, maybe I will do that because this is gonna be tough. All right, I'm gonna try it. Mmm. Well, that's really good. And I come over tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Yum. After a couple of bites of the beef, it was time for the salmon, which I was dreading a little. Okay, Joanna, this is a confession that I'm really opposed to salmon. I've always thought it was overly fishy and not very. It just. I've never liked it. I I like seafood, but I'm just not sure I like salmon. But I'm going to try it. It smells good. looks good. It's very pretty. Um, Let's give it a try. I could eat that. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear it. Even for a non-fish lover. I think that we should just turn off the mic so we can eat now. I'm all for that. And that's it for this week's show. But again, send us your training questions. We're running another training roundtable soon, and our experts are looking for your queries. So what do you want to know? Are you confused about what overtraining feels like? Do you wonder what would make a good run-walk ratio for your next race? Or are you trying to get your partner to pick up the running habit and finding it a little tough to get him or her motivated? Whatever it is you're wondering, send it to us. You can email your queries at rwaudio at rodale.com. That's rwaudio at r-o-d-a-l-e dot com. Or tweet us at rwaudio, or just post them on our Facebook page, Runner's World Audio. Okay, that's it. I produce this show with Sylvia Ryerson and Brian Dalek. We've got a special episode coming up next week on a very important topic, heart health and running. And we can't wait to share it with you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>